Content warning. The following podcast is composed of two narratives that describe sexual assault and violence. This can be disturbing and or triggering for listeners, especially for survivors. Resources for support are included in the podcast description. So on today's episode, I will be reading one account of someone who is anonymous, who has undergone sexual assault, but in the sense that Whenever we learn about consent and sexual assault and rape, this is not necessarily brought up. And that is the case of stealthing, which is when someone takes off a condom during sex. This experience was consensual. However, the condom was taken off and thus makes the experience violating. So I will read the story. The story is not mine. It was submitted to me anonymously. And here it goes. It started at a bar downtown. I was drunk, probably too drunk, when he walked up to me and started talking. After the formalities of where are you from, what year are you, and what's your major, we moved to the dance floor. We danced and talked for the next hour or so until the party ended. He asked if I wanted to Uber back with him, and, with a great degree of retinence, I said sure. Before this night, I had never gone home with a guy I just met. I rationalized it by telling myself that we had mutual friends and that it wasn't that stupid because he's a Penn student. We got back to his apartment and he turned on music. We started hooking up and eventually made our way to his bed. I remember saying... What if I don't want to have sex tonight? And he replied, then we don't have to. We kept hooking up and I let things progress. Eventually, we were naked and I told him, I'm not having sex with you until you got a condom. He responded, no problem, I got you. He then walked across his room to get one. We started having sex and after a little while, he whispered to me, I want to come inside of you, but I can't if I have the condom on. My whole body went tense, and I said, you're leaving the fucking condom on. Do not take it off. He said, okay, I won't. And things continued. Eventually, we switched to a position where I could no longer see his body and what was happening. I got a suspicious feeling, and I asked him if he had taken the condom off. He replied that he had not, and the sex continued for a bit. When it ended, he fell onto the bed beside me. He made a motion with his hands and I looked down. At this point, I was very drunk and even more paranoid, but it looked to me as though the condom was farther away from his body than it would have been if he had just taken it off. I looked into his eyes and trying to be chill in order to encourage him to tell the truth, I asked him again, did you take the condom off? It's okay if you did. I just need to know if I should buy plan B. He spiraled into a series of promises. No, I promise I didn't take it off. I wouldn't do that. I promise I'm not trying to impregnate you. All right, I replied. I believe you. And truthfully, however naive it was, at the time, I really did. I eventually went home and fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up to a text from him telling me that he was glad that I came over and that he had a great time. I didn't respond right away. And about an hour later, he texted me again, saying, 
Also, if you're going to buy that, I'll definitely pay for it. My heart sank. Why would he be texting me that if there wasn't a reason for me to buy it? Yeah, I replied. I think I'm going to head to CVS. If you could pay for half, that would be great. How much is it, he asked. Fifty total, I replied. After a few minutes, despite only asking him to pay for half, he Venmoed me the whole fifty dollars. To me, this screamed guilty conscience and confirmed my suspicion that he had taken off his condom. Whether or not he actually did, I would probably never know, but that's really not the point. The point is that I felt, and still feel, entirely violated. I firmly believe that no matter how casual or uncommitted, sex should be predicated on some degree of respect and trust. This man shattered my presumption of trust and respect by doing exactly what I told him not to do. When thinking about this experience, part of me wants to go back in time and just not be so damn stupid. To not have tried to be the spontaneous, unaware person that I usually am not. Had I said no to his offer to Uber back together, this wouldn't have happened. Had I stopped things before we had sex, this wouldn't have happened. I understand that some of my choices led me to this situation, but I also fully realize that this is not my fault. What he did is unacceptable. Any exploitation of a woman's body, no matter how mild it may seem in comparison to others, is intolerable. He'd made me feel uncomfortable. His actions were non-consensual. He violated my trust and my body. The discomfort of this encounter is exponentially deepened by the simple fact that I am not alone in experiencing such a thing. And with that account, I would like to speak a little bit about what happened and exactly why it is wrong. I'm sure many of the listeners or people with morality already know exactly why it's wrong. But first of all, yes, she did consent to sex. However, this is assault, sexual assault, because she did not consent to potentially being affected by an STI and she did not consent to potentially having to deal with an unwanted pregnancy. Condoms are important and this was important in her experience and it's wrong for this to happen and it's really shocking that this is not just a story to that person alone. It happens to so many people across this campus um, other college campuses, the country, the world. And people need to realize, especially in our patriarchal society, this is not just, sexual assault is not just an issue in um, cisgendered heterosexual relationships. It's an issue in every type of relationship and affects trans people and cis people and um, heterosexuals and homosexuals. However, it's important in our country where there is a patriarchy and a lot of guys are raised with this idea that they can do what they want and that their actions don't really have an effect or a consequence. A few months into freshman year, I went to a frat party with some close friends. We were having a couple of drinks and dancing when I noticed a guy watching me a little. I recognized him from a program we had been in together. 
We had never really spoken, but we knew each other's names and followed each other on Instagram. At the party, he didn't approach me at all, just watched. So I didn't think much of it, and my friends and I left to go to another party. When I checked my phone as we were walking to the next venue, I saw that he had DM'd me on Instagram, essentially saying, Hey, you're looking really good tonight. What are you doing later? My friends and I thought it was a little weird that he chose to DM me instead of talking to me at the party. But most of us agreed that he was attractive. At that point, I was only a little tipsy, and I asked my friends whether or not they thought it was a good idea for me to go over and hook up with him. Some of them said I shouldn't, for reasons I can't remember, but the others encouraged me. I decided that I would, in fact, go over there, but I wanted to drink some more liquid coverage so that I wouldn't have to go over to an almost stranger's room sober. One of my friends took me back to her dorm and gave me some wine, and then I went over to the guy's room. I still was only a little tipsy when I got there, and we sat on his bed in the dark making awkward small talk about our majors and shows on Netflix. He seemed to be sober and very comfortable, and pretty soon he made the first move. We started making out and things escalated from there. We were having vaginal sex for a while and it was decent, not horrible, but there was very little focus on my satisfaction. I know that it's important as a woman to advocate for your own sexual pleasure, but I've never really felt comfortable expressing my thoughts and needs in bed. We took a short break in the middle to drink some water and then things started up again. This time, after having sex for a couple of minutes, he pulled me into a new position so that I was on my back with my legs off the side of the bed. When he was about to re-enter me again, I felt a poke against my anus. I panicked for a second, but then told myself that he probably just couldn't see in the dark and thought it was my vagina. After all, anal sex was super rare among my friends and I knew it was something I never wanted to try. I figured that most guys knew that was off-limits, and that they would definitely at least ask first if that was something they wanted. The poke went away, and I felt relieved, thinking that he must have figured out that that wasn't my vagina. But the relief only lasted a second, because the poke against my anus came back, stronger than ever, as he forced himself inside. I was in complete shock. I couldn't believe that. Without a single word or request for permission... A man who barely knew me decided that he had the right to anal sex, something that I never wanted to do. The pain was horrible. It was so sharp and had such intense pressure. I know that I should have found my voice and told him to stop. But, like I mentioned before, I never felt comfortable telling people no in bed, and I was absolutely shocked. I almost couldn't believe what was happening to me. By the time I really got my mind around what was happening, it had been going on for long enough that I didn't feel like I had the right to tell him to stop. So instead, I laid there, waiting for the awful pain and pressure to end. He didn't seem to notice or care that the sounds I had been making when we were having sex before had totally stopped. He seemed to have no problem with the fact that I had become totally silent and motionless and continued to penetrate me relentlessly. After too long of a time, he came and removed himself from me. I felt mortified and violated. I had obviously not prepared, as most people do, for anal sex. And as he wrapped a towel around his waist and headed to the bathroom to clean himself up, I got dressed as quickly as possible, unbelievably embarrassed by what he probably saw in the condom. He came back to the room very nonchalantly, as if nothing had happened, and I left immediately.
All right, I would like to speak on this story. As many of you listening can figure out why this instance was rape. Although the individual involved gave consent at the beginning of their intercourse, when it moved to anal intercourse, the perpetrator did not ask for consent, and she did not give consent, and thus she was raped. Consent should be asked at every step of a sexual encounter. There should be consent for kissing. There should be consent for oral sex, consent for vaginal sex, or um, and, and consent for anal sex. All of these things need to be consented to. And a lot of the time in um, sex ed class, consent is taught, at least in my high school, However, they don't really stress the need for consent at every step of the way. I chose to include this account in this episode of The Trillist because this season is all about dating and love and dating is amazing and should be fun um, and sex should be fun and safe. However, with that, we need to also identify that there is a dark side and people should be educated on what that dark side is and how to not perpetuate these awful behaviors. So now I'm going to switch in. One of my friends shared an article that BuzzFeed Spain came out with. The article is titled, We asked readers to share the biggest red flags for a toxic relationship, and here's what they said. So there are about 75 of these red flags, but I'm choosing to read Three, because someone might be dating someone and notice this, so it's good for you to hear what everyone has to say. So, number 53 is, quote, the unsolicited fashion advice. All this advice saying it is so low cut and it is cold outside, so these shorts are so short, other guys will be sure to think that you are ex. In the end, all this advice turns into something more toxic. Like, don't wear this. You look like a slut, or is it provocative? You can wear anything you want. It does not indicate whether you want to have sex and whether or not you are a slut. Clothes and makeup are a form of self-expression, and you put yours on for yourself, not for anyone else. So someone named Nora in Spain submitted that red flag. Another red flag, red flag number 32 in this article, is, quote, when you start dating him, he is like, why aren't you responding to me? Or he texts you all the time. Early in the relationship, you may be misled into thinking that he is interested in you. But as time goes by, that interest is only going to become unhealthy. And you will try to keep tabs on everything, including the time when you're on your phone, and will demand to know where you are at any minute. Run away. End quote. So this account, number 32 was submitted by Lori, the last account that I'm choosing to read from this list, again on the BuzzFeed Spain article, is account number 16. And this person, Aaron, said, quote, The moment he takes the time to demonstrate that I have fears and insecurities and starts to make me feel bad about them, and when I begin to feel that I can't talk to him about those things because he will get pissed, end quote. All of these red flags that these people submitted are important to know because sexual assault isn't just an issue 
um, dating abuse is also an issue. And I know for a lot of young people, we don't necessarily think that's a thing. But if we start to notice these little signs in our relationships, and I hope the one thing that you take away from this episode is that abuse and assault can happen in many different forms. It's not always a black eye or rape. And it's important that our campus starts this conversation on how can we stop perpetuating these behaviors and make survivors feel that it is not their fault for what happened and make the perpetrators accept, blame, and apologize and learn from what they have done. Thank you, and I hope you spread peace and love. I would like to thank Annie Fang for sound engineering this episode and the Kelly Writers House for letting us use your studio.